second, everybody, and welcome to another edition of If You Don't Like That. First of all, I want to really say thank you to all of you who reached out to me and uh, talked about the last podcast I did, my three-year anniversary, June 2nd, 2020. Uh, The feedback was pretty remarkable, and I'm greatly appreciative of you taking a a couple of moments out of your schedule and listening to my work. Uh, Again, it means a lot to me. Today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. Locally owned for over 20 years, New Works has a fix for you. For your plumbing needs and repairs, just go to newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. And remember, if you have an emergency in the middle of the night, no problem. New Works will be there with their 24-7 service. That's newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. New Works Plumbing they've got a fix for you. Well, another gambling issue for one of our professional sports leagues. This time, again, it is the National Football League. Isaiah Rogers, a sixth-round pick for the Colts, is entering the final year of a four-year, $3.4 million deal. An investigation is underway where apparently a sportsbook account was opened under the name of an associate of Rogers. Now, according to this report, approximately 100 bets were placed on the account over a period of time that was undisclosed, including Colts games. According to the sources, most of the bets were in the $25 to $50 range, although there was at least one low four-figure bet. Now, in the last 24 hours, Rogers came out via social media and tweeted, I know I have made mistakes and I am willing to do whatever it takes to repair the situation. The last thing I ever wanted to do was to be a distraction to the Colts organization, my coaches and my teammates. I've let people down that I care about. I made an error in judgment and I'm going to work hard to make sure that those mistakes are rectified throughout this process. It's an honor to play in the NFL And I have never taken that lightly. I am very sorry for all of this. Basically, he is admitting guilt. And I wonder if he will ever play again in the National Football League. And I wonder, is this just the tip of the iceberg? Gambling in our society is so prevalent now, you can't watch any game without seeing a gambling ad, whether it's Caesars, whether it's FanDuel, whether it's DraftKings, it's all there for you. Again, Gambling in our society is very prevalent. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The question I have, what impact is it having, particularly on our younger generation? And what is that going to mean moving forward? Is gambling in the United States going to become an epidemic? Is it going to be like alcoholism? Or is it already like alcoholism? Is it going to be like a drug addiction? Or are we already there yet? as it pertains to gambling in this country. Back in 2018, a Supreme Court ruling opened the door for legal sports betting. And a awesome story that Newsweek did a couple of months ago in March. And they pretty much covered everything, okay? The reason why sports betting has exploded in the U.S. because of easy access through online apps and expensive as Newsweek writes, star-studded ad campaigns for online sports books. They talk about how some 36 states have passed laws to allow gambling on sports. And how about this? More than half of American adults 
146 million people now live in a legal sports betting market. The result, record-breaking revenue for the betting companies, a tax windfall for states, and many experts believe a sharp and troubling rise in the risk of serious gambling problems and addiction. Newsweek talked about gambling helplines in 2021. And again, that's the most recent year for which the data is available. You ready for this? Calls to the helpline run by the National Council on Problem Gambling, a gaming industry supported group, rose 43%. Newsweek wrote that while text increased 59% and chats jumped 84%. That is absolutely unbelievable. They chose Connecticut, for example. Helpline calls jumped 91% in the first year after legalization. In Massachusetts, calls are up 276% since 2020. In Ohio, which just opened the door to legal sports betting in January, writes Newsweek, calls to the state's problem gambling hotline tripled in the first month alone. And you can go on and on and on and on. All right, here we go. Especially troubling to experts, the fastest growing group of sports bettors and the ones who seem to be getting into the most trouble are typically people in their 20s, spurred by easy access on their phones and advertising. Young men who are the main target audience for sports betting companies are the most vulnerable. Keith White is the executive director of the National Council on Problem Gambling. In an interview with Pooh Research last year, he said, quote, we believe, we believe that the risks for gambling addiction overall have grown 30% from 2018 to 2021 with the risk concentrated among young males 18 to 24 who are sports bettors. Man, now, why is it that our young adults are dealing with these issues? Because their brain is still in the developmental process. That's right. Quote, young people, particularly those under the age of 25, still have underdeveloped brains that make them predisposed to addiction, particularly to gambling addiction. What kind of problems can this lead to? Getting into debt. Rifts in relationships, difficulty holding down a job, among many other things. Leah Nauer, director of the Center for Gambling Studies at Rutgers University School of Social Work, quote, the more people gamble, the more activities they gamble on, and the younger they start, the more likely they are to develop problems with not only gambling itself, but also mental health problems like depression, anxiety, and suicide tendencies how about that all right let's talk more about the brain on sports betting newsweek talks about this for many people of course gambling is just fun and not every wager on basketball the super bowl or a premier league match leads to a compulsive habit but for others it can turn into an addiction just like dependency on tobacco alcohol or opioids Studies have found gambling activates a reward system in the brain in the same way 
substance addictions do, and problem gambling is similar to those addictions in clinical expression, brain origin, physiology, and treatment. This is really a heck of a job that Newsweek did, okay? James Whelan is the director of the Institute for Gambling Education and Research at the University of Memphis. Quote, the strongest component of the addiction of smoking, drugs, or alcohol, not the only one, but the strongest one, is debatably dopamine. And when you gamble, your brain secretes more dopamine than when you do any of those other things. This is, folks, let me tell you something, okay, becoming a big-time problem. Newsweek went on and talked about the criteria for the diagnosis include the need to, quote, gamble with increasing amounts of money to achieve the desired excitement. So that's what a gambling disorder is. The criteria for the diagnosis include the need to gamble with increasing amounts of money to achieve the desired excitement and repeated unsuccessful attempts to control, cut back, or stop gambling, jeopardizing, or losing a significant relationship, job, or educational or career opportunity due to gambling and relying on others to provide money to relieve desperate financial conditions caused by gambling. You ready for this? Newsweek says some studies have found that as many as 19% of problem gamblers attempt suicide the highest rate of any addiction. Then they talk about sports betting comes with its own set of risk. They say that many sports bettors tend to see their wagers as safer and more informed than other kinds of gambling. They think they know the game, the players, and the teams, and are being guided by their own expertise and skill rather than luck. Newsweek writes this may give them an illusion of control over the outcome. That can lead to more problems when a bet goes bad. According to one study in the journal Addictive Behaviors, quote, sports betting relative to non-sports betting has been more strongly linked to gambling problems and cognitive distortions related to illusion of control, probability control, and interpretive control. Man, this is scary when you look at all of this, all right? They talk about sports books. They lean on those emotions, particularly among more vulnerable young men. Some sports books, writes Newsweek, have marketing deals with large universities that permit on-campus advertising, but say they are trying to reach only people over the age of 21 and they take steps to exclude underage gamblers. Man. Then you have flashy sports book TV advertising. All right? Jamie Foxx, Kevin Hart. J.B. Smoove, Drew Brees, the Manning family, many more, and promotes the idea that picking winners in sports is a matter of skill, not luck. BIA Consulting estimates that the total nationwide advertising spend on sports betting will be close to $1.8 billion this year. And this story goes on and on and on. You know what it is? It is absolutely scary. And again, I ask you, what is the impact going to be five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, the next generation, when our current young men and women, particularly young men, the percentages are much higher than young women, all right, 
what what's their life going to be like with the impact of gambling in this country and you know if you google the problem if you google sports gambling issues with young people there are pretty much stories that pop up in almost every single state it's uniform across the country you can just go and spend a half hour like I did and you can see the issues that are happening in our homes with typical boys and girls adolescents young adults okay what's going to happen again in the future because what's happening right now is pretty scary according to the AGA do you know that in 2022 Americans bet a record of 90 3.2 billion legally on sports. That was the second record year in a row. How much revenue did that generate for sports books? About 7.5 billion. That was a 73% increase over 2021. Now, something else that we should point out, sports betting Regulations vary by state. You know, all come with age limits. For most, it's 21, and the requirement that you be physically in the state when you bet. You know, most require ads to include your contact information for gambling helplines. Uh, and again, many allow bettors to exclude themselves. Some prohibit, some are all betting on college games, and you can go on and on. But it's not uniform, it's different in every state. Okay? Like Newsweek's analysis of state gambling hotlines, for instance, found that calls to the gambling helpline in California where sports betting, by the way, is not allowed. You ready for this? Shot up more than 70% last year. In Florida, where most sports gambling isn't operational, the Florida Council of Compulsive Gambling reports that outreach to its helpline was up 140% in the fiscal 21-22 compared to fiscal 2018-2019. It's amazing. These numbers are frightening, all right? As in states where online sports betting is legal, The Florida Council found that most callers who said they gamble online were male, 86%, and the most common type of gambling for them was on sports, 55%. It also similarly found that callers were getting younger, noting a 56% increase in gamblers 25 or under. Most worrisome, quote, this year's data reveals higher levels of anxiety, 62%, depression, 63%, and neurological disorders, 20%, reported compared with helpline data from last year. Of significant note is that almost one quarter, 24%, disclosed suicidal ideas or attempts by the gambler, reflecting a 50% increase from the previous fiscal year. Again, this just goes on and on and on. They write, gambling addiction experts view sports betting in the U.S. as a time bomb. All right? Quote from a professor at Rutgers, it's unlikely we will see the full effect of this rush to legalization for several years. Again, that's what I'm talking about. Quote, gambling addiction has no tell. You can be gambling away your house on your mobile phone, sitting at the dinner table. And not a single person will know until the devastation of your whole family is complete. Again, I talk about go to any state that has legalized gambling in America and you will hear stories such as this one from North Carolina. Gambling was his true addiction. He acknowledged it truly 
you know, as a gambling addict. At 23 years old, Joshua Zinner died on his journey trying to beat a gambling addiction that his family says started in high school. I don't really think I knew that he gambled. If it was, it was a peripheral thing. We sat down with his dad, Cliff, tonight in Raleigh. Cliff says his son gambled on sports only. It also led to alcohol abuse and eventually a fentanyl overdose death. He fought the gambling the most and the, and the other stuff was to try to, to deal with that looking for excitement or energy. A division of the Department of Health and Human Services found 10% of young people in North Carolina are experiencing a problem with gambling and another 15 to 20% are at risk of developing a problem. The numbers are why Cliff and his family are against the state legislators push to expand sports betting. House Bill 347 will allow bets on college, professional and other sports from your phone or other electronic devices. It passed a key vote in the Senate today. There will definitely be an increase in gambling-related illnesses, let's call them, amongst young people. Under this legislation, a portion of the tax revenue generated through sports betting will go towards state gambling treatment and prevention services. We spoke with Amanda Winters, the administrator for North Carolina's Problem Gambling Program. Even though, you know, it's not legal for youth to gamble, we do see youth experience problems with gambling and it, it's at a higher rate than adults. We wanted to know why young people are more prone to addiction. Underdeveloped brains, first of all, youth are more prone to develop an addiction and they aren't as aware of the ramifications of risks. Meanwhile, the Zinners are hoping other families in North Carolina won't experience similar pain. As I said, just Google, click on any state that has sports gambling, and you will hear stories like the one we just heard from North Carolina, this one from Long Island, New York. Remember the days where your household Super Bowl bets depended on what box numbers you drew? Those days are gone. Oh, my sportsbook and casino app is going to be amazing. Because betting on sports apps has gone mainstream. New York State legalized sports, mobile sports betting in January 2022. And it has taken off. But the rise of legal sports gambling combined with the boom of betting apps has addiction experts concerned. In fact, some are calling sports gambling the hidden addiction. You can't see it, you can't taste it, you can't smell it, but you can do it in front of everyone with one of these. Our helpline here on Long Island has primarily seen a growing demographic of young men calling our, our helpline ages 18 to 30 or so. More and more people that are betting are developing problems along the way. People like 26-year-old Malvern native Joe Rosillo, who has lost more than $200,000 betting on sports apps. What was your darkest point? Oh, I didn't have money to go to the grocery store and have money to put gas in my car and have money to do these little things because I was so into gambling. It crushed my entire family. I ruined countless relationships with my friends and family. Including Joe's relationship with his own mother. Did he borrow from you? Oh, yes. Yes. About how much? Mm, probably about fifty to 70000 Jennifer says as a mother, she was just trying to help her son, who couldn't help himself. I cringe when sports comes on. Why? I do. You're fearful? Yeah. It's not the love of sports anymore. It's, oh my God, is he going to place a bet? You know, how much are we going to lose this time? <laughs> but despite the dangers, the business of sports betting apps is booming. According to Flutter Entertainment's preliminary 2022 financial results report, 
FanDuel had a 2.3 million average of monthly players in 2022, a 49% year-over-year increase from 2021. But the gamblers seem to be getting younger and younger. It's a double-edged sword. All we see on social media is, oh, I won $10,000 by risking five on this parlay. Well, you don't see the hundreds of other dollars or parlays that are losers. And Joe says the younger generation is most at risk simply because of their fascination with technology. There's a lot of kids growing up that have addictive personalities. The best thing that I can say to people growing up right now is to get one of these because I couldn't place a bet right now if I wanted to. Do yourself a favor, get rid of the smartphone, especially if you know that you have a gambling problem. Are you happier now? I have never been so happy in my entire life with this stupid thing. And he's holding up a flip phone, saying, get rid of your smartphone, holding up a flip phone where he's not allowed to make bets. I I talked about this a lot when we watch sports and the sports gambling ads are shoved down our throat, even so much so that the announcers now doing the games are required to talk about what is on the screen and making bets. And I have wondered about this for years And I think we are now getting into the impact and the effects of legalized sports gambling in America. The numbers don't lie. The data is right there. And like I reported from Newsweek and some of the other stories that we listened to, that last one from Newsday on Long Island, this may be just the tip of the iceberg. And in one word, that is scary. It is now time for our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast. Blake wants to know, has the pitch clock or shift ban made a bigger impact on baseball? Your, your question is vague as far as a bigger impact. Uh, I think it's helped the game, okay? That's my opinion. I think it's helped the game. You know, when you say make a bigger impact, bigger impact than what? Based on what the game used to be the last 10 years or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. So I'm, I'm trying to answer the question as best I can. It has had an impact on the game. There's no question about that. Reed wants to know after two games, who do you think wins the NBA Finals? I still think Denver's going to win because I think they're a better team. But I thought Milwaukee was better than Boston or better than Miami. I thought Boston was better than Miami, and we know what happened there. So I would never count out the Miami Heat. Martin wants to know, what are the Heat Nuggets' biggest advantages against each other? Well, the Nuggets have arguably the best player in the game in Nikola Jokic. The Heat's biggest advantage is they just don't ever seem to be denied, and they know they're up against it. They know they're the underdogs, and every person on that team is relishing that position. And I think that is an advantage. I really do. And... That, I mean, it's the it's truly a team in the definition. If you're really looking at the essence of a team, it's the Miami Heat. Chase wants to know what type of discipline do you think John Morant is going to receive? Chase, I think it's going to be at least 50 games, and I think it should be at least 50 games. Ian wants to know, one, what ways do you think Florida is a better team than Vegas? Well, I don't think they're a better team than Vegas. I thought coming in they had the advantage in goaltending, but the way... Florida uh, is playing right now. And again, they got blown out last night in game two. Bobrovsky was pulled 
And, you know, that 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 has been a, a guy that I thought would be the difference in this series. I think the long layoff has really hurt Florida. I think it's hurt Florida uh, a lot, particularly in goal. I mean, Vegas, you can see they're a much sharper team through two games. I don't necessarily think this series is over, but I do think Vegas is going to win the Cup. I picked him to win before the series began. I don't see Vegas losing four of five games. I just don't. Trevor wants, do you think there's any chance LeBron joins the Mavs like Kyrie wants? I do not. I I should say there's a 1% chance. Luke wants to know, two-part question. Are the A's this year the worst team in baseball history? Have they turned into the most disgraceful organization in sports history? The answer to the first question is yes. And the second question is probably. Alan wants to know, am I going to get YouTube TV for NFL Sunday ticket? 100%. I don't really have a choice. If I want to watch all the games, I need it. So, yes, I will get YouTube TV just for the NFL Sunday ticket. It's the only reason why they why I had direct TV. The only reason is because of the NFL Sunday ticket. Uh, Jake wants to know if I ever met Gabe Vincent when he was in the Kings organization. Not to the best of my recollection. Steven wants to know, was it a good move for the Suns to hire Frank Vogel? Steve, can I answer that question in about three years? And Mark uh, asked, will Matt Areza punt in an NFL game this season? Well, he should. He's been completely exonerated from what he was alleged to have done. So, yeah, I really hope so. Again, go to CrowdUltra.com. That's CrowdUltra.com. And maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast. It's time for Rant. And today's rant is brought to you by Bennett's Restaurants, Sacramento, Roseville, and soon coming to Rockland. Just go to Bennett'sRestaurants.com to check out the menu and everything else. Prime seafood and steaks at Bennett's Restaurants. That's Bennett'sRestaurants.com. Why is it that the NBA felt it was necessary to come out and talk about Victor Wembanyama? who, of course, will be the number one pick in a couple of weeks by the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs are part of the Sacramento Summer League this year, and NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said the league doesn't have a preference whether Wembenyama plays his first game in Sacramento or in the traditional NBA Summer League in Las Vegas. Like, really? He said, quote, all summer leagues are NBA Summer Leagues. I'm very supportive of the Sacramento Summer League. Like, is that really news? Like, we had to get permission from the NBA to see whether or not they had a problem, whether this young potential star played in the Sacramento Summer League or not. Again, I don't understand why that became a story, but I guess that's the world we're living in today. Hopefully, it will make its debut in terms of Summer League play in Sacramento. I think a lot of people that are going to be filling up that arena would love to see it. That's my rant for today. That's my podcast for today. Thanks so much for joining us right here and have yourself a great rest of the day. So long, everybody.